Hi, my name is Sean Keyes, and you're listening to You, Me, and BPD. I got a couple of requests this week from uh, people that listen to the podcast, and they're asking me if I'll talk about um, panic attacks and psychosis. Um, I can give you my opinion. Um, that's all it ever is, an opinion. You know, it's not, uh, I'm not the forefront of... Uh, psychology or anything like that but I do have opinions I suppose and and uh, I respect the fact that people have asked me for my opinion so I'll do my best to give it uh, in a sense of what I can actually make sense of uh, psychosis or if, when I have experienced it and panic attacks um, I suppose I'll go into panic attacks first because I, I remember years ago um, when I had my own business that I, I couldn't I couldn't um, I couldn't make sense of all the stress that was coming my way and I just couldn't label everything and put it down side by side and for me everything has to be organised. If it's not organised I, I get very um, agitated. So what I, what I used to experience was I used to experience this feeling, um, a trembling basically in my heart and my heart would start pounding and pounding and pounding and I'd have to leave. I used to leave the garage um, I remember actually driving about 40 mile away to, uh, a ma- like they're not really, really mountains for anyone listening outside of Ireland, but um, they're in a county called Offaly. And I used to drive there and just sit at the foot of the mountain and I put my hand into, my head into my hands and take deep breaths because I was just overcome with anxiety. And panic attacks in my in my experience are just a really bad form of anxiety in a sense of they just railroad you. It's like it's like everything is coursing through your veins. And now I understand what the thing is that's coursing through your veins is it's basically cortisol. I didn't know that at the time, but it just felt like I was being poisoned and that you know my skin would tingle and my whole body would go into this state of, um, I suppose, shock, to want for a better word, but it would just go into this state of shock where my hands would tingle, my arms would tingle, all my body would tingle, my heart would be pounding and pounding and pounding. And I remember you used to, you know, on top of that, I used to just drive. I used to be driving around these, you know, the back roads in Ireland are literally roads that are... They're very windy and bendy, the back roads of Ireland, and a little bit of history, be a little bit of side history to that is this. They're only a single road, and back in the famine times, when, uh, when the roads were being built, you were being fed. So the Irish, in their wisdom, made the roads as bendy as possible, and the more bends in the road, the longer it would take to get to a certain destination, because a straight line is always quicker. So in the Irish roads, where literally only one car can actually travel along the road, they're very windy and bendy, and that's because uh, the Irish wanted to feed themselves, and the only way to get fed was to actually work on the roads at the time. So we made the roads very, very bendy. And um, I remember travelling along them roads, you know, and just the bends, and, and I suppose that's the great thing about back roads is you have to be fully concentrating on them because they are only a single car road. Um, you know, if a car is coming towards you, you have to stop and try and pull in somewhere. Sometimes you have to actually reverse the car back, maybe half a mile. Um, but I remember them roads were fantastic because I had to concentrate on them. I had to be mindful on the roads. And in a weird way, looking back now, even today, you know how the mind is trying to help itself when it deliberately brought me to roads that I literally had to concentrate on, where I had to be mindful because you just crash. But... 
my experience with panic attacks was that it was basically a massive amount of anxiety hitting my body at one time where I just could not see the future, if it was going to be clear, if it was going to be okay, and if I was going to come out of it. And when you're getting cortisol through your whole body like that, it's absolutely horrible. I, I, know, I, I don't know what it's like. Like, Here's the thing, and it's all is just my opinion. I don't know what it's like for someone else. I don't know if people get the exact same rush of cortisol through their body like I do. It's like you're being injected. <clears throat> it's like you're being injected with fire. It's the only way I can explain it. And someone's literally putting fire into your body, and it's soaring around your whole body, and you you're you're become inflamed inside. Um, like I remember years ago, uh, I used to my body would swell, my face would swell up, you know, my arms would swell up, my body would swell up. Um. When I became so stressed, and I realized uh, that my panicking and my anxiety, and the two of them are closely linked, are uh, they were causing me a lot of trouble. Where I had to actually go to uh, Dublin Hospital. Nobody understood what was going on. I had to go to Dublin Hospital up to uh, and see what was wrong with me. Was I allergic to anything? Was I? Is there something going on with my body? And as it turned out, there wasn't. Um, they basically told me, which was mental in its own way, you need to go and figure this out yourself. We don't know what's wrong with you. You're not allergic to anything. So I figured it out. It was stress. I'm At that time when I was swelling up, I wasn't diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Um, I was through the system, I suppose. I was through the system. You know, uh, when I'd done my wrist in, that was the fourth time I tried to kill myself. So I was in the system three times before that. Um, but... I suppose I never really got the, the diagnosis, so I didn't really know what was going on or, or anything like that. Nobody ever explained to me that I was hypersensitive. They were more concerned about my background, but either way, that's a different one. But I did know that it was always panicking would lead to me swelling. I'd always swell up. My face would just bulge out. You know, I looked like fucking the marshmallow man and... My jaw would swell out to the capacity it could swell. My lips would swell to the capacity they could swell. You know, my arms, everything would swell. It was it was a strange time, to be honest with you. Um, but I put it down to stress. And and panic attacks, again, are, in my, in my experience today, they're a form of stress. They're basically the body's way of saying, you're not doing something right. There's something that you're doing... And I know plenty of people that will say I was chatting to I was chatting to a, a guy there before Christmas, and he was a nutritionist, and he had uh, he has borderline personality disorder. And I was explaining to him, you know, what I do. And again, it's, it's as simple as this. This is this is my podcast, so I can only give you my opinion. It it won't be right for ninety whatever ninety five percent of people. It won't be right for them, and that's a hundred percent. The five percent that it's right for. That's great. But I was chatting to him and I was, saying, I was explaining to him about borderline and as much as I understand it. And then I was just saying to him, you know, you really do need to go on a high fiber diet. This is what, you know, this is my experience. A high fiber diet works a treat for me. And um, so I gave him the same list that I give everybody that asks me, you know, the same list of foods, the fruits, the nuts, the seeds, the fibers, uh, you know, your your actual specific fibers like inulin, ashwagandha, 
you know, potato flour, wheat germ, um, arrowroot. These are all the fibers that I, I combine together and I take them in a smoothie every day. And when I was explaining this to him, I suppose he was so distraught at the time that he he decided to go down the road and just listen to me, which I'm grateful for that he did. But he came back to me about a week or two later and he said, this is really working. This is absolutely working. My moods are after improving. And I said, yeah, like it's not, from my experience, I said, it just does work. We're, we're so hypersensitive that we need good food in us. And he goes, no, he says, I'm a nutritionist, you know, and, and, and I'm a bodybuilder. And I says, all right, okay. And he says, like, you know, you've been, you've hit on something here that is important. And I said, like, to me, all of this knowledge and wisdom, it means nothing to share it. It's not like, I can't even make sense of it, so I won't try. To me, it's nothing. If, I, if someone goes, you've hit on something, I don't get a big head. I don't give a fuck about stuff like that. If someone says, Jesus, you've really hit on something, I go, yeah, as if there's a window in front of me, and that's a fact, yeah. I, I, my head doesn't go all over the place in a sense of, um, I'm a fucking brilliant bit of stuff. But when I said, yeah, I know, it's the only reason I said, yeah, I know is this. I've been doing this for years. I've been doing it for years. And I'm a fucker for testing myself. So I'll do them. Then I'll stop doing them. Then I'll remove this food. Then I'll add this food. And for years I've been doing this. like, and Because you want to make sure, well, I do anyway. You want to make sure that it's correct, it's right, it works for me. And so far, so good. So he was saying to me, he says, like, I've been eating right for years, yet I've been eating wrong. And I said, I don't know what you mean. He goes, I'm, I'm actually measuring my food. Because I'm a bodybuilder, I measure my food down to the grams, the macros and the micros. And he says, I'm getting everything right down to what my body needs. But at the same token, I've never eaten as much fiber. I says, no. I says, to be honest with you, you have to eat the fiber. You just have to, like... I'm not vegetarian, I'm not promoting vegetarian, but you do need to eat the fiber. It's not about being a vegetarian, it's about giving your gut bacteria the fiber that they need. And so he tried it for a couple of weeks, and in his words, he said, this is absolutely working a treat for me, my anxiety is reduced, he says, I'm able to focus, I have more energy. Because he was a nutritionist, he was able to he was still able to kind of um, detail it down that it would suit him in the bodybuilding because there's, look, and it's something I've looked into as well, there's plenty of people that are vegan bodybuilders and they're um, absolutely unreal. Simon, Simon, um, Simon Minish or something like that, I think his name, some Sinnott, Simon Sinnott from Sinnott Nutrition. Um, he's a fellow I follow. Um, yeah, he's a complete bodybuilder. He, you know, if you're into building your body, yes, you can do it as a vegan. So I would research an awful lot of this. Again, I'm not into my body. I'm not into being a bodybuilder. I love information and seeing, can you do something in case I need to know it? It's just that simple. Either way, yes, you can do it with vegetables. A lot harder, because meat, meat will give you the all you need, and vegetables are a bit... But I'm not saying not to eat meat. The only thing I always say is eat a ton of fibre, as much as you can, over the space of a week. Build it up. But anyway, he done all this. 
And his mood improved. His mood absolutely improved and his, his anxiety went down. Because I do know that the bacteria in your gut eat fiber. And that's what they do. But, but you know, a certain bacteria might eat broccoli, but it won't eat arrowroot. Or another one might eat potatoes, but they don't eat anything else. So you do have to give your gut a variety. And that's why I always try and say get 21 different fibers into you, 21 different plants. You're guaranteed, uh, you know, you're guaranteed then that once you're getting them into you per day, your moods will naturally improve. And I've said this on other podcasts, so I'm, I, I hate repeating myself. But at the same token, I have to give this one a bit of context into, in the form of panic attacks. So he, he was delighted. He, he did improve as far as I know. And I was trying to get him on the podcast. And I says, I'd love if you came on the podcast. And this is, you know, I find this bit sad, if I'm being honest. He was so delighted about what the, the changes he made and all that. And he was so excited about the fact that his mood had improved in a very simple way by just adjusting his food. And I was trying to get him on the podcast for the basis of that he was a nutritionist. And I mean, you know, if you can get a nutritionist on and they can back up what I'm trying to do, that's brilliant. But God help him. You know, having BPD, and here's the problem with BPD, is the stigma behind it. He was so afraid to come on the podcast, he was was getting um, extremely anxious about coming on the podcast and he, in the end, he didn't. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm happy he didn't, if I'm being honest, because the podcast isn't about me getting people on just so I have a good podcast. It's not about that. I'm not interested in stuff like that. You know, get a good story and someone's made a pure fucker of, or they're not comfortable doing the podcast, uh, but at least I got a good story. I have zero interest in that. That's not what I'm interested in. I want context. I want people to be able to tell their story in a very safe environment. If some people want to tell their names, fair enough. If they don't, fair enough. You know, that's what I want. I want information out there that people can share their information and see it might help one other person. But he never came on. And you know what? I I do often think of him, if I'm being honest, in a sense of, I do think of him in a sense of going, isn't it shocking that a poor old lad like that who really minded himself, he was, you know, I, he was into his bodybuilding, he was successful in life, and that's another reason he couldn't come on the podcast, because he had a really uh, successful job, but he was so afraid of his mental illness being stigmatised, that it would have um, altered, I suppose, his uh, confidence, and he couldn't come on in the end, and, and, and that's fine, that's fine, but that's one idea of people that have panic, you know, he was panicking coming on, and... Um, it's another idea as well is that when you do eat enough fiber, how your anxiety can go. And the fact that he was saying to me, you know, you've hit on something. Uh, yeah, that's great. From a nutritionist point of view, I know I've hit on something because my nephew, um, you know, Peter O'Halloran, he has his own. And I'm not plugging him in a sense of, you know, my, my nephew, Peter O'Halloran, but he's a nutritionist as well. Um. He'd just be talking to me over and back. I would ring him. I'd listen to a book and I'd ring him and I'd say, listen, you know, I'm doing this to my, you know, to my body and I'm going to consume this. And what's your opinion? And he'd say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, he'd give me the background information 
And Peter then is very much, I'm going to say he's like myself because I'm older, but he's very much like myself. He, he's very cautious to step into anything and talk about something that he doesn't know about. He will research it down to the last. He'll bring up um, peer-reviewed papers. And in time, he's coming on the podcast. He's flat out busy at the moment, and we're trying to get to uh, join together. But at the same token, he is. I've given him all the stuff I do, and he's he has it all uh, reviewed in a sense of he wants to come on and do a podcast and give the science behind it. And I'm looking forward to that whenever he does. Um. But in my experience with panic attacks, I suppose this is what this podcast is about, panic attacks. So I wanted to kind of give you a bit about that man who was a nutritionist and a bodybuilder. So, you know, these are people who are big into their fitness, big into how their body looks. And in a sense, that really is the ultimate sign of fitness, in a sense, if you can sculpt your body to that um, shape. And even in his admission, he was like, I ate right, but in the wrong way, you know. Because he wasn't consuming enough fiber. And we are a species that need a lot of fiber. If you look at the Hudza tribe in Africa or the, you know, the Pinaha tribe in um, the Amazon, they're consuming an awful lot of fiber. It's an, it's, again, it's not about being vegetarian. It's about eating as much plants as you possibly can and then topping it up. I mean, I like, I eat meat. And then I go off meat. Depending on how my bloods are, I will eat meat. I'm not anti-meat. You know, if if I want to eat meat, I'll eat it. If my bloods, and I'm not happy with my bloods, if my cholesterol and stuff like that goes up, I will adapt then to a very vegetarian diet. So, to, for me, it's not about being vegetarian. It's about understanding food as much as you possibly can so you can alter your life to suit you, you know. I alter my life to soup. Me, I'm like at the moment there, uh, tapping on my belly. Um, I'm at the maximum weight I can be. Like I'm, I'm at my, I'm at, I'm at the maximum weight I can be before I go into being overweight. So I'm watching. Like I, I would watch that. I would watch to see, make sure I don't go up and up and up. There's a cut off point. But the one thing I do know is this: if in my in my experience, when I got the food right. My panic stopped. And the biggest thing that actually reduced my panic was this. It was um, consuming probiotic foods. And I'm a big advocate for probiotic foods. You know, you have your miso, put it in a soup. Um, You have your kombucha, which I take every day. It's a fermented tea. I mean, kombucha can be made... I can make eight liters of kombucha. You buy the, you buy the culture or the, the bacteria I bought of Amazon... You buy that, it's about $20, um, 15 pounds, you know, 20 euros. You can buy that of Amazon. And you. I can make eight liters of kombucha for 16 tea bags and a half a bag of sugar. So you're talking around eight liters for about a euro, to one for a better word, or a dollar, or, you know, it's it's so small money. You know, eight litres of kombucha to buy is, in Ireland anyway, it's roughly 80 euros. So that's roughly what it is in Ireland. It's roughly a euro a litre. So I'm I'm making eight litres for about one euro. And when I started consuming bacteria, my panics, my, pan, my, my, my extreme panicking stopped. 
And this is this is one of the fundamental things I remember saying to my wife years ago. I think I've mental health figured out. And she goes, why? I said, I just think it's all done now. I think it's all a body system instead of the head, the head, the head. And when I figured it out, when I was consuming bacteria, my anxiety went. Now, anxiety is panic attacks. You, you know, it, anxiety is a smaller version of panic attacks. Panic attacks is the complete army out. You know, uh, anxiety might be just a squadron. You know, the panic attack is the whole lot. And when I started consuming bacteria with a lot of fiber, because if you're putting in bacteria, you need to have fiber so that they can eat it. You can't be putting in bacteria and they have nothing to eat. You're, you're, in my opinion, I must actually look this up, I'd imagine you're doing worse. You're putting in more bacteria that actually consume fiber and then there's no fiber to eat. You're better off not doing anything, in my opinion. Um, but when I started doing that and implementing more bacteria into my uh, diet and then more fiber, my anxiety went. And anxiety, in its own ways, it, it, look, a panic attack is the body reacting to something that it thinks it's not going to overcome. And really and truly what that is is a fear that you're not facing. What I learned about anxiety is this. And it's horrible. You can, you know, you can cure anxiety within a second if you're prepared to face it. And that's one of the fundamental things about fear. If you face it, it's gone. The the anxious thoughts I used to get years ago, I don't get them anymore because I actually go with them. If my brain goes, oh, uh, I'll give you an example. And this, you know, they're dark thoughts, but fuck it. This is for helping people. Oh, I wish they were dead. You know, a typical fucking thought that everybody has. I thought it was just me being a bad monster. I wish they were dead. And I'd be like, oh my God, you're such a fucking monster for thinking like this. And then I get worse. My panic, I get worse. The fact that I could think like this and that how could I think like this? And it turns out everyone fucking thinks like this. That's the great thing about asking questions. People, it turns out everyone thinks like that. But nowadays what I do is I go, if my mind goes, oh, I wish they were dead, I either go, oh, I wish the whole universe was dead. You know, I just fucking expand on it and I go wish it. And then my brain is like, ah, I'm not dealing with you because once I go with my anxious thoughts, my brain just stops because I'm not afraid of them. You know, the house could burn down. I hope the whole fucking town burns down. You know, go with it. It sounds stupid, but how I got rid of my anxiety is to actually go with my anxiety. And nobody goes with it. Everybody goes, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I thought that thought. I can't believe I thought that thought. You didn't. It came into your head. It's just trying to see what do you think about it. And now I'm just going, if it's a ridiculous thought, fuck it. I'm going to go with it. You know? If it's the most extreme ridiculous thought, go. I go with it. And because I go with my thoughts now... My anxiety is gone. I don't have um, I don't have a level of anxiety where I'm panicking. Years ago, I'd be like, oh my God, you're such a fucking monster for thinking these horrible thoughts. But I didn't wake up that morning going, you know, today now I must, I must think an awful lot of intrusive, horrible, dark thoughts and punish myself to death over them because I'm a fucking monster. Nobody wakes up like that. But what I used to do is I used to cringe. I used to be getting so hurt from them that the fact that I could think like this, 
And again, I done a podcast there a week or so ago on the Saw films. I'm pretty sure your man that fucking wrote the Saw films wasn't thinking about Disney. People have dark, intrusive thoughts. Some people make Saw films. Some people, like Stephen King, write books. It depends on what you do with them. And if you can work with them, I have a bit of crack with them now. I couldn't give a shite. If I get a really dark, intrusive thought, I make it into a laugh and go, why not? You know, I want whatever. You could lose your mortgage. I hope I'm living in a tent. You know, that's the last thing you're supposed to think. I could, I might, might, I might lose my house if I don't pay my mortgage. Yeah, I'd love to be living in a tent. I always wanted to go camping. Completely ridiculous. But why not? Because the minute you go, I could, I, I could lose my house and not pay my mortgage. And this is not a real thought. I'm just giving you an example. You start fucking panicking. Oh, Christ, what happens then? And then it's what happens and what happens and what happens and what happens. And you're gone into a tailspin. You know, whereas now I just go with it and go, yeah, yeah, I'd love to live in a tent. You know, I'd love to live in a fucking tent forever. And my brain goes, ah, fuck you. And it's gone. But the minute I go, oh, Jesus, I'm done. I'm, I'm pulled in. I'm pulled into the fucking, I'm pulled into the darkness of my mind at that stage. So panic attacks in my experience is this. And it'll always fall back to this. If I don't get enough sleep, I'm definitely going to get anxiety. And anxiety in its strongest form is a panic attack. So there's that. If I don't get enough, again, I'm not the biggest advocate for exercise. And I'll never be. It's not in my head. I'm not geared that way. However, I walk and walk and I bend and I'm crouching and I'm moving myself when I'm spraying. So I move quite a bit. I suppose I'd walk about 10 mile a day. That's good enough for me. And I cycle five or six mile every day over and back to work. Again, that's good enough. And I'm bending and walking and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, if I don't get the exercise, I don't get the sleep, that'll bring on more panic. If I don't get then um, the food, the food for me is number one. It's number one. You know, even yesterday I said to my wife, you know, I, I was trying something different. Um, I was there going, I wonder could I just have a fiber kombucha blend? I won't even call it a smoothie, but I just, I got the fiber and the kombucha and I just put it into the blender and I whizzed it up and I, and I, and she goes, what's that? I says, it's just kind of the fiber, but there's not much calories in the fiber. It's just power, you know, it's fiber. So I was just thinking of this going, I wonder would that be like, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, the bacteria are going to eat the fiber. They're going to be happy out. Um, so I drank it. And it was fucking rotten. It was absolutely rotten going down. It was like, oh, this is disgusting. But I'll drink it. I don't care. I'm like that. I'll drink it. Because it's, it's 20 seconds of your life. And she said, what's that like? I said, absolutely fucking rotten. And she goes, why would you drink it? I said, I just want to see... Will it improve my mood in an hour or so when it, you know, starts to be processed in my body? And there you go, in an hour or so, I was happy, like. Um, was it a placebo? It's not a placebo at this stage. I do know fiber. Fiber creates serotonin, and serotonin makes you happy. And even if it was a, even if it was a placebo, what difference does it make? I'm happy. So um, I'm messing with that at the moment. Again, that's what I do. I mess. I see... What does this do to my system? Um, so again, panic attacks. 
the food you're putting in will have a major result on how you uh, form an anxiety. And anxiety leads to a panic attack. Again, it's just a larger version. And if you're not consuming enough fibre, you can be guaranteed, from my experience, from the experience of chatting to that uh, man that I was chatting to, um, from the experience of chatting to my nephew, yeah, your anxiety is going to increase because you're not feeding the other part of you. When people say feed your gut, realistically what they should be saying is this. There's another species in your gut, they're called bacteria, and they actually need to eat fibre. They, they don't eat anything else. It's like having a dog but not feeding him. You know, it's literally like having a dog but literally not feeding him. You have to feed your gut. And what you, know, you have to feed your bacteria in your gut and they eat fibre. And you get fibre from nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, and then you get them from, you know, your fibres, as I said, your inulin, your ashwangada, your f- uh, potato flour. You know, you get them from all of them as well. So, in my opinion, panic attacks is this. Your body is having an anxious response to something that you're not doing. You can also have a panic attack by thinking about something that you're afraid of. You know, is I mean, panic attacks is basically... Is this going to happen in the future? What's going to happen? I don't know if this is going to work. Here's the thing about the future. You're going to be fucking dead. That's a guarantee for everyone. The middle bit, which is life, you have to try and figure it out. And that middle bit is this. How many times did it go to shit on you? How many times did it go wrong? When I used to actually sit down and and write my anxious thoughts and go... I'm anxious about this, I'm anxious about that. About 90% of them didn't come true. And I realised one day, I said, like, I do talk to myself in the third person because it's, one, it's fucking funny, and two, I have a bit of crack in a sense, like, well, it's the same thing, having a bit of crack. I just think it's funny. Um, I realised my brain was lying to me. You know, and I was, I was there one day writing them down and going, Jesus, like, about 10% of these are actually coming true, which 90% of them weren't, which was making me anxious. And I was just there one day going to my brain, just you're a lying little fucker really, aren't you? Like, you have me in a fucking heap here, lying all day to me, and like, none of us are happy. <laughs> you know, I can't fucking breathe at times where my heart is boom, 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 boom. The cortisol is fucking flowing through my body. I feel like shit, and you're just fucking filling my head full of lies, of what ifs, what if this happens, what if that happens, what if this happens, for fuck's sake, you're a liar, like, you know, and, and that's another thing that I reflect on years ago, is how much comes true, how much of what you're doing actually comes true, turns out, in my experience, not a lot, not a lot comes true, so, you need to face your fears, face them and look at them, you know, look at them as if, Fuck it. You know, I've only a year to live. Well, I'm going to look at these fears. Fuck it. You know, I do, and that's another thing I reflect on. I reflect on debt at least three times a week. It, it gives me a, such a ground and it's unreal. It's like, if I had a year to live, if, you know, I, 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 I hope I live for another 40 years anyway. But if I had a year to live, what would I do? What would I not do? And it's so grounding for me in a sense of, because I try not to waste too much time then because you, you've only a year to live. And that's a great way to look at life, in my opinion, to, to see it as it is and go, well, 
there is going to come a stage in my life when I will only have one year to live. I don't know when it's going to be. But it's nice to know that I'm up to date. That all my things that I wanted to do are current and up to date. If I was to die tomorrow morning, there is nothing that I want to do. I've everything up to date. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing, you know, you can't see what's in the future, as in, like, you won't get to experience stuff from the future. But I'm up to date. I'm current and up to date. And I'm happy with that. And that's relative to looking at your anxiety in a very productive way to make sure that, are you up to date with your life? Are you happy with your life? Is what you're not happy with, can you change it? You know. So I'm going to leave that with panic attacks because I think that's, rather than getting too much into it, um, a panic attack in my experience is this. Get your food, your exercise, your sleep, reflection. I do that writing every day. I, I, I went and looked over, actually, when, it, when I was asked to do this, I went over and looked at stuff that I wrote in 2012 when I was having panic attacks and um, <clears throat> reflecting on this. So, them four things. I, you know, and it's years that I'm saying them four things. It's, you know, sleep, exercise, food, and reflection. It's not five things. I didn't add one more thing to it. It's always just four things. And if you can look at that as well, you have four things to do to try and improve your life. Four things. So panic attacks is that. If you can keep an eye on them, and the reflection will actually help your anxiety in a sense of it will give you an adult perception to how you can manage your anxiety, looking at problems that you can help deal with. You know, so um, as usual, I hope that helps. And... Thanks very much for listening.